Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now, on to the show. Good morning, Kelly. How are you today? I'm doing all right. How are you, Karen? I'm good. Good. I'm good. I'm all set to start. I need the name of a female today, please. I choose Kiara. Hmm. Lovely. And eventually I'm also, well, let's start. I need the name of a male too, please. Okay. I'll choose Hayek. Okay. So Kiara is the client and she calls and asks me at the very beginning of a one hour session if I could reach her son. And she doesn't tell me anything else. She just says, can you tell me whatever you get about my son? So I asked the spirit world, as we always do at the beginning of all of these sessions, alive or dead. And his spirit comes in and he says, I'm dead. And I get anxious. I feel a lot of anxiety. And I'm thinking, this must be hers. And then I realize that it could be hers and his, because I see him showing me that he's in a surgery. And as he's in the surgery, I'm asking him questions. And I'm saying, is this how you died? And he goes, yeah. And I said, is it going to be important to know why you died? He goes, oh, do you mean like whose fault it is? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, he goes, I'm going to confirm that. He says, my parents have, or my mom, pardon me, my mom has the information about that. 
And he says, so yeah, he says, you can say that what they've determined is it truly is an accident in the sense that it isn't a medical person's fault. This is just something that happens to my body. But it isn't an accident in that I don't die in a car accident. I'm in surgery because my heart just stops. I'm rushed to emerge, and they think that it's going to be a heart repair. And all of a sudden, all kinds of other complications happen with the other organs in my body, which nobody could foresee. He says, I'm young. He says, nobody could see that any of this type of stuff was going to happen to me. So the medical professionals really, truly do everything that they can to help me. So I pass. And I'm thinking, okay, now I can understand another level of anxiety that I'm feeling because this is the anxiety that's going on in this room as he's passing and with all these medical people and then her anxiety. And then he says, well, you'll see like this. And I said, oh, do you mean like there's more anxiety afterwards? And he goes, "Mm mm-hmm. So I said, oh, okay, fine. I said, you can tell me whenever. He says, but you can start with that because this will give my mom a clear indication that you've got me and it's going to help you. You're going to understand by giving all of that and she can confirm it for you. So I told his mom all of this stuff and she said that this was true. That's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. That is heartbreaking just like right there all on its own. And then she says to me, Um, I don't really know how to do this. She says, I, you're the first medium I've ever had to call. She says, I, or that I've chosen to call. And she says, so you just sort of go on and you just tell me whatever you can. I'm going to let him speak for a little bit first. So then he says to me, you can tell her that my dad helped me cross over. And that will give a validation because dad has passed. And I said, oh, yeah, okay. And before He did. So I said, okay. I said, so he's telling me that his father has passed over. And she said, correct. And I said, and died before your son passed. And she goes, oh, right. Hmm. She goes, right. You wouldn't know that. She says, I think I'm foggy headed. She says, I'm like. It's a lot of grief. Yeah. And she goes, okay, I I understand what you're doing. She says, "You're, you're placing things in order for me. And he's doing that on purpose to be able to say, Mom, I'm trying to prove to you that Dad was there on the other side. And then he says, you can also say that I've got one grandmother here and no grandfathers. The the other three are still on earth with her and that I have a grandmother. And she might ask you, you know, which one. But just start with that for now and say, tell her that Nan is with me and that Nan got me and Dad. And I said, okay. So I told her. And you could hear her cry. You could hear her over the phone, just have her moment of knowing. She didn't ever ask me, by the way, which grandmother. That didn't seem to be like paternal or maternal. It just seemed to be fine with her that he said Nan was there. So I don't know, you know, sometimes you have to kind of say which grandparent, but I'm also understanding maybe when you call her Nan, that that does specify which grandmother it is, Mm -hmm. maybe for some people, right? And then I said to her, what do you need? And she says, no. She says, I think this is good. She says, you're you're giving random things at first. And she says, but they're helping me. She says, is it possible that he's picking things out because he knows what's bugging me? 
And what I need to hear, if I just stay open to listening to what he has to say instead of asking questions? And I said, it can. It can work that way. And I said, but I don't think it works that way for everybody. So you'll have to be the judge of that. And I'm hoping that you'll communicate clearly with me to let me know if it stops meeting your needs, the types of validations that he's giving you. And then she said, well, I'm for now, I'm just going to let it keep going. And you tell me whatever you're getting. And I said, well, is it meeting your needs so far? And she said, it is, I think. And I went, oh, okay, then I'll continue. So then he says to me, she wants to know if I'm around her. She wants to know. And I said, okay, well, hon, so are you? Are you around? What are you doing? And he says, well, this is what's complicated. And I said, okay. He said, Karen, I died yesterday. Oh, shit. And I'm like, what? Oh, my God. Ta- yeah, okay, so let's validate the fog that she's in then. Yes. And I'm like, oh, my God. He goes, yeah. So she wants to know, like, if I'm happy. He goes, and I'm not. He goes, I just died yesterday. And then I'm in the what the hell is going on stage. He says, I'm okay, but I'm not happy. He says, I'm figuring out right now how the other side works. He says, and I'm trying to say that I'm here trying to remember it all because I've been here before. And he says, but I'm also trying to adapt to that I was just a human being 24 hours ago and that I'm I'm now on the other side. And yeah, I've got Nan and I've got my dad and I'm super happy I'm not alone. But I'm trying to figure things out. So when she goes to ask you the question, am I happy? You're going to have to say, not yet. You're going to have to say, holy cow, mom, give me time. And I went, okay, how else would you word that? He goes, well, if it was really me on earth, I would say, hell no. <laughs> like this. And I said, well, I'm going to word it, hell no then, because that would be the real way that you would word that. And he goes, oh, just look this pause. Wait a second, Karen. I have to tell you the way that I would word things on earth and that while I'm starting to make some changes, that there's going to be like two kinds of versions of me. And I said, yes, Kelly and I call that dead you and alive you. And he goes, oh, this is helpful. So he says, so on earth, I would have said, hell no. And that's how you're going to answer my mom. And it would make sense because there would be no way that I would be happy if somebody just freaking told me that I'll never see my mom again. Mm -hmm. He said, there's no way I could say that I was happy. I would have to go through all of these changes that I'm going to go through that I haven't adapted to yet. And I, I mean, I look forward to getting to the place where I can tell my mom I'm happy. But today, hell no. Mm -hmm. So I said that to her and repeated that. And I said, is this accurate? To his mannerisms, you mean? To his mannerisms. Is it accurate that he died yesterday? And she starts crying. Mm -hmm. And she goes, yes, my son died yesterday. Oh, Kelly, I didn't think I was going to be able to do the rest of that session. Yeah. I just, um, man... I just told her that I needed a couple of minutes and that I was just really feeling for her and really feeling for him. And 
how difficult that can be. And she went, oh, um, okay. She says, um, I would have thought maybe you didn't have all of those feelings. You just do this all day for one client after the other. and Oh, wouldn't. my God, we're still human. Yeah. I don't understand, not in a judging way, in, in a, um, I don't know if it's admiration, but like in a disbelief that some people can stop crying long enough to sit through a session yeah. or, you know, can stomach the idea of being in another person's company after they just lost their person. Yeah. Right. Like if, if a daughter is sitting in front of me asking for her mom, there is a feeling within me that I relate to mm-hmm. and think, how are you even doing life right now? Mm-hmm. My heart aches for you as a human being. Mm-hmm. We can step out of our own way to do the job, but we don't get to bypass our human feelings. Yeah. We just put them on pause for a bit. Yeah. And then and then we process them later when we go for a walk. Yeah, and even even sometimes as people are hearing right now, you process them while you're in the session. Mm-hmm. You know, I've channeled for people who have been sexually abused, and I have to say to them, I need a second to pause. I'm in my rage as a woman right now, mm-hmm. and I need to be able to take a breath so that I can do your session for you. Yeah. And not project all of my feelings or or make it about me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's that compassion component where you know, we do this job because we love people, because we mm-hmm. want to love people. Um, yeah, and you got to be careful and very full of care as you exercise those things. Mm-hmm. After we have a few minutes of silence together, Kiara says to me, I have a question. I'm allowed to ask questions, right? And I said, absolutely, you can, especially if they're just popping into your head. You're in a ton of grief. And they may just hit you randomly, so say them. And if it means that I have to kind of back up mm-hmm. or hit the pause button and regroup and get my own shit together, that's okay. You do what you got to do. And she goes, well, I have a question. She says, I want to know about reincarnation. Has my son already reincarnated? And I said, what? I, 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 you know what, Kelly? I so wasn't expecting that question. Well, she says, I just want to know if there is reincarnation in if he has reincarnated already, because if he's already reincarnated, then like, how can he still be my son? And she starts to cry again. And she goes, so like, are you going to tell me that I've lost my son and then that he's reincarnated and now he's on earth, but he's somebody else's son? And now I have to walk around knowing that my son is on earth, but he's somebody else's kid? I never thought about that. Yeah, she's, conf- well, not confirming. She's asking or challenging a belief system, which is good. It's a great question because she's addressing her stress. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I'm just going to ask him. He can answer this. And he says to me, oh, well, that isn't even how it works. Hmm. That was his first response. So I repeated that for her. And then I said, I'm going to make sure now that I do a really good job of not just trying to get an understanding of what he's saying, but that I'm going to try and repeat what he says word for word for you, and then make an understanding with him and explain it if you ask for context. So she goes, okay, that's, that sounds good. Tell me word for word. So he says that to her. That's not how it works. And then he says, mom, when you cross over, there's a whole process to go through of acclimatizing 
to the other side again. And he goes, and again, he says, because we don't just die once or we don't just die in one dimension. And he goes, but you got to explain this to my mom, that I like processes. (laughs) And I like figuring things out. That's my personality as her son on earth, as Hayuk. I adore process. She's going to get a kick out of this, and she's going to know that I am going to find my happy place because this is my character. Mm -hmm. So I repeated that. And honest to God, Kelly, you can hear the sigh. You can hear her like suck in, take Mm -hmm. in her breath, let out her breath in a great big, not moan, but like, Yeah. yeah, okay, thank you. Just forgetting that. No, sigh is the right word. Yeah. Okay. And she explains to me that he is in post-secondary education and that he was in, I think she said engineering, and that he loves processes, that he loves exactly what he's explaining. He wants problems. He likes to move through figuring them out, but he also likes taking something and undoing it to figure out how to do it better. So he would take, you know, say an air conditioning unit, I don't know, something, he would pull it apart and then he would try to rebuild the air conditioning unit, but not the way that he got the unit. He tried to make it better than how he got it. Mm -hmm. And because he was always wanting to do something like a patent, he always wanted Mm -hmm. to be like the inventor. And so when I said that, or pardon me, she told me that piece He's laughing on the other side, and I'm so happy after hearing him stressed at the beginning of all of this and her stress at the beginning of all of this that I can hear the two of them connecting to each other. Yeah, starting to relax. Yeah. Just by describing what mattered to them, to their personality, to the things that gave them passion, just... Life, just the everyday things that were really who they were, right? Mm-hmm. And you, I can just feel his um, happiness that mom knows me, mom gets it, she's talking about me. He goes, oh, and on that note, he says, about my mom talking about me, can we go into something else now? Absolutely. I said, just tell me whatever you want. And he goes, my mom is talking about me. She is talking to me in her head. She is talking to me out loud in the house. She is saying things like I'm still around. And she believes she hears me talking back to her. She's telling people, oh, I can hear him laughing. Oh, I can just hear his response to that. And I want her to know that she is, in fact, hearing me. This is how beautifully connected we are. And I got to tell you something, Kelly. Right then and there, I was so freaking curious. I said, Hayuk, were you raised in any kind of a religion? And he went, no, none. I said, was your mom raised in a religion? And he goes, yeah, she was a little bit, but her parents got out of religion when she was pretty young. So she did, she wasn't stuck in a lot of things, and she didn't put anything that she did get taught earlier in her life on me. And I didn't go to religious schools. I wasn't seeped in anything at all. 
And as a matter of fact, when we did study world religions, when we did watch television shows, she would ask me, do you like that belief? What do you think of that belief? Do you think that would cause pain if somebody thought that? She she would ask her kids these questions. Mm -hmm. And he was allowed to sit there and go, ooh, I guess if somebody did believe that, that could really hurt when they died, eh, mom? So he's allowed to question the belief. He's allowed to look at it and see what it could do if you believed that, Mm -hmm. including when somebody died, would that cause you more pain? Well, even I th- I'm thinking back to uh, Kiara's belief in reincarnation and how that might actually be a wonderful belief when it's about others or life in general mm-hmm. until you have to follow through with a question about, and then what? And she assumes, oh, well, this son of mine is now someone else's. Mm-hmm. And how a previously comforting belief is now causing tremendous pain. Yeah. And so there's this lovely conversation between the two of them around the fact that she has already given him this process to challenge things, and that because of it, he's on the other side, crossed over, and his curiosity is something that's actually really beneficial and he's excited about. So that as he moves through his own process on the other side, he's not disentangling any belief systems. Mm. And he's encouraging her now to remember what he gave her and that it's important now for her to remember that and to apply that to herself. So do I believe something? What is it that I believe? And is it contributing more to my pain and suffering than I need to be experiencing? Mm-hmm. And they have this gorgeous conversation about this and She just thanked me at the end of that quick little conversation. And I say quick, Kelly, because it's an hour session. We might have talked about that for about 15 minutes. And I remember thinking at the end of that 15 minutes, did she really want this as part of the session? But before I could even ask her if it crossed a boundary, if it met a need, if it answered her question, in doing the regular check-in questions you and I ask in every single session, She volunteered and she said, Karen, I've got to tell you something. Each time, like it feels like every 10 or 15 minutes, I feel like this big, deep breath and sigh. I feel my muscles relaxing and I didn't realize how much I had seized all my muscles when I found out that he died in surgery. Mm -hmm. She said, now I can, and that was only a day ago, but I I can feel the muscles letting go. And she says, I think I need to say thank you to him and to you right now, because I can't imagine that without this conversation right now, that I might be holding on to these muscles for months or years more. Unknowingly. Yeah. And then wondering about how do I, how do I let go of this? And do I need medication to let my muscles relax? Do I need a muscle relaxant? Yeah. Okay. Hang on. Because, well, before you go any further, like, of course, people 
are holding on to their muscles. Of course, people are gripping in our grief and our fear and our sadness. That's a natural reaction to the body because you've just experienced an immediate threat. So that's not something to be judged, right? But if you're going to your doctor right away and being put on medication or you're not processing that this is happening to your body, a year later when you realize, oh man, I've actually been in pain for a while and I don't know why, you may not go back and dig to understand that the muscles seized because of a belief system, not because you tweaked it, not because you did something wrong, not because your body couldn't handle something, not because even that you lost someone significant, but that the belief system itself was causing you to grip and not accept reality. A pill is not going to solve that. And this is what she thanks him for. She thanks him for showing up to be able to help her prevent having to go on the medication. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, I know he has only died yesterday, but I already woke up today thinking I've got to book an appointment with my physician to go and get some kind of muscle relaxant. I need, I need somehow to be able to let go of my muscles so I can go to sleep. Of course, because you're in acute pain. Yeah. And, and we do, we want that quick fix or we actually need that quick fix sometimes because sleep is so necessary. Mm -hmm. And if we can't give that to ourselves, a pill will do that for a little while, but we need to relearn how to do that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So she thanks him for that. She thanks him for that conversation that he, he's pointing out to her, well, mom, it's okay. This is the conversation and this is what you taught me. I'm just bringing it back to your memory and I'm just saying to do it for yourself now, which I think is really lovely, Kelly, mm -hmm. and showing his mom how much he had actually listened to her mm -hmm. when she was trying to teach him how to be a healthy person in a society that doesn't provide us with all of those healthy tools and sometimes does the exact opposite for some people where it does teach us things that are unhealthy, and we don't maybe realize that we're believing it. We think, oh, we're just watching a show. Oh, I'm just playing a video game. Oh, I'm just at the movies. I don't really believe this. And then somebody passes, and it's like, holy shit. I actually really did believe that stuff. Mm -hmm. Even in spite of the fact that we think, oh, no, I knew better. Mm -hmm. But we don't, especially when it's a repetitive message. Kiara then says, I have another question for you. What does he say about the funeral? And I wait, and I get nothing. I, can, I just cannot get anything. I can't see anything. I can't feel anything. He's not speaking to me. I really get nothing. And she goes, um, what's happening? Hello? Like this. Like mm -hmm. maybe yeah. did the line go dead, which is fair. We're on the phone. And I said, um, Kiara, I said, I don't get anything. I said, I actually get nothing. And she goes, what? That's what he's saying? And I said, no. I said, he's not saying the word nothing. I just get nothing. And she goes, oh, God, that's really interesting. And I said, why? She goes, because that's our decision. Yeah. We are doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> she says, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, no. I said, literally, I got nothing about it. And she, so she says, and how does he feel about nothing? And there I went, go. oh, hold on. Let me ask how he feels about nothing. And he approaches and he goes, suits me just fine. Tell her that, just like that. Because that's what would make sense, Karen, is that 
There are no religious beliefs. There are no fears about death. There's also quite a bit of not understanding about death. Didn't know I was going to cross over and go through a process. But nothing is awesome. And if she decides in five years that she now knows how she would like to do this, tell her to do it in five years. If she decides in two years or she's off on a vacation and she sees something and she thinks, oh, this is, the ser- this is it. This is how I'm going to celebrate them or this is what I'm going to buy or this is what I'm going to do or this is what I'm going to color or this is how I'm going to celebrate his life, zip lining or whatever it is. This is it. Whatever this is. He says, that's what I want them all to do. And they don't have to do it in a group. Each one of them loves me and knows me in a different way. Let each of them do it in their own way. And if they invite someone else to participate and they want to, that's great, but it doesn't have to be something so structured. Mm-hmm. And he says, I just really want to get back to where I was saying that my mom is talking about me, talking to me, like all of these things. I just really want her to know that I'm on earth in spirit with her, with all of them. And I said, you know, I said, you've mentioned all of them twice. What do you mean? All of them? Your dad's passed. I said, so who's all of them? And he goes, oh, he goes, let's do this. She wants to know if I'm actually in the house. And she hasn't asked yet, but she is curious. And she does want validation that I'm in the house. And he says, so I do want to say a couple of things to you. My mom's in a house, not in an apartment, not in a cottage. It's a house. And it's three floors. And it's a side split. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now, you and I don't get that all the time. No, We don't always get it. So people can't listen to this and go, oh, I'm going to call and ask what kind of a house they're living in. That's not always going to get answered for you. He chose to give that information. So I said, hey, I said, he wants you to know that he's around and that he's hearing all of these ways you're trying to stay connected to him. And he's talking about the fact that you live in a side split. And I said, and he's also telling me that he has brothers, and I don't know how many. So there's a minimum of two. And she goes, no, you're you're right on two. She says, there are two brothers. And I said to her, you know what, Kiara, I didn't know that. I said, I just knew there were two or more. And I always like to clarify what I know and what I didn't know. So I said, I'm just going to let you know that piece. And she goes, okay. She goes, that's good. It's good to know how you work and where you're going to tell me you don't know something. She goes, I like what you're doing, like, and how you're explaining it. And I said, he's explaining that all of his stuff is exactly where it was. But I said, that makes total sense. He just passed yesterday. I wouldn't say that. (sighs) True. My grandfather's stuff was displaced within hours of him passing. That's true. Yeah. You wouldn't even have known he ever lived in that house. No. And like two hours after he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you for pointing that out. I, I point it out for people because some will make the assumption like, well, mm-hmm. obviously, Karen, that's not a message. And it's like, no, it really is. Mm-hmm. The same way it would have been equally as great and accurate a message if someone had said to me, holy shit, how come he just died yesterday and I can't see any of his stuff in the house? Mm-hmm. Because it right. was removed. Thank you. That's correct. Yeah. 
Thank you. Yeah. I, so often I have to explain to people happily that what seems mundane in, in what I'm offering you really truly is the most accurate and unique thing to you guys. Mm-hmm. It's just mundane to your everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I do a little check-in with Hayuk at this point, and I tell her that. I say, I'm going to check in with Hayuk because we always check in with the souls that have crossed. We ask the spirit guides if we're giving correct messages and how we're doing. We do a check-in. And she goes, really? And I said, well, yes. I said, so... Do you check in with your boss? Make sure you're doing your job okay? (laughs) Us too. (laughs) Such a good way of wording that. It is. And it's not how I worded it, though, but you did a great job. I said, well, yes. I said, because we have to check in with our ego. Mm. And I said, you know, like, I can get in my own way (laughs) doing anything in life, right? Mm -hmm. The ego is always with you. So I said, so checking in with the spirit guides is like saying, hey, you guys, (laughs) am I in my ego or am I truly listening to Hayek? Am I truly listening to Kiara? Am I truly listening to all of you? And that's that check-in has to happen. And I find sometimes that has to happen multiple times in one session. Yep. Even if it's a half hour session, it has to get done so that we're on track with the humans and with the spirit world. Then Hayuk says to me, see you later, buttercup, like this, in such such a loving kind of way. He goes, that's something that my mom and I said to each other when I was a kid. Mm. And he says, I know you don't often do common expressions and stuff like that, but he says, I got a pretty good connection with you. He says, I have a really good connection with my mom, as you can tell. I've just passed, and she already can hear me. He goes, can you say, see you later, buttercup? And he says, but you got to give her time afterwards, because it is going to make her cry. Mm -hmm. He says, but I do know that even though this is really going to hit her hard, it is going to be the thing that gets her through everything coming up. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. So I told her that. I said, see you later, buttercup. And I tried to say it, like even with the same intonation that I heard him do it. And sure enough, she did cry and I stayed silent. And then when she was capable of starting the conversation again, she did. And she said, Karen, she said, and then she told me this story when he was a kid. And But she went into more detail. And I got to tell you, Kelly, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved I loved the fact that I could just hit my own pause button and not want to get out more validations and that I could hit the pause button and just be her listener. Mm. That here's a mom telling a story about her baby. To another mom. (laughs) To another mom, yeah. Mm. And that that was more important than me being a medium in that moment for her. Mm -hmm. And and quite possibly for me and quite possibly for Hayuk too. Mm -hmm in that all three of us got to sit there in those feelings and in that moment and really feel and learn. Lovely. Yeah, it was, it was really beautiful. And then Hayuk says to me, okay, look, so here's what we've done. <laughs> I love it. Process and a recap. Yes. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, I feel like I'd be his friend. <laughs> and he says, okay, so here's what we've done. We have validated for mom that I'm around her. We have made sure that she knows that it is me. 
We have answered her questions around my death and fault, even though she got that from the doctors right in the hospital, and she will get it again later with an autopsy. This is all good, Karen. Hey, we love consistent information. Yeah. And he says, we have reassured her that I'm in a process to getting happy, but I'm not happy right now, and I shouldn't be expected to be happy this fast. And this takes my mom out of cognitive dissonance. This takes her out of that clusterfuck in her head where she thinks I'm supposed to be happy and in a better place because I'm dead. I will get there, but I am not there the next day. He goes, so we've given me a plan. We've given mom a plan and mom and I like plans. Love it. Yeah. He goes, so tell her all of that and that we are okay. Meaning her and I, not you, Karen. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, so I did. I told her that. And she goes, this is my son. And I thought, those are the best words I have ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. This is my son. To say that to somebody who is channeling a dead person for a mom and a son, that is the best thing I can ever hear, Mm -hmm. that this is my son. And she says to me, you've given me his personality, you've given me his expressions, you've given me the way he talks, the way he thinks, the way he wants to move forward. She says, and you're telling me my son is moving forward. And I said, yeah. I said, the way I word it, Kiara, is that they're still alive, Mm -hmm. that there is still an energy. Our bodies died. Yes. So there is death. There There is being dead, of course. But the energy continues, so there still is life. And she goes, okay. She goes, I think I like that wording. I am going to stick with that, that my son is alive and that I have to now adapt to his new life. Mm-hmm. And she says, so my job is to figure out how to adapt to it. Cool. I think, Kelly, a session worth repeating mm-hmm. and a session worth sharing with the people who choose to listen to our show because I think they're here for stuff like this for this type of woman who's doing this type of thinking and this type of figuring out life. Yep. Well done. Thank you. To all of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlows. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.